Hey, now we're here. Okay, actually, don't say anything. Sound check. <laughs> and we're live. We're going to try to stay away from politics and Trump because everyone else is talking about it. If we get on There's that subject, things. we might, but we're going to try <laughs> to stay off of it. And Todd and I don't really see eye to eye on that stuff, but it is what it is. We're, is it amicable? I don't know. I don't think it's combative. The, the, the thing about debate, where I see it taking a nosedive in politics, is when it gets derogatory. Like so when you start insulting people. So now we're already talking about politics. We're talking so, about the talk of politics. That's oh, a okay. difference. We're an outsider talking about the inside. If we formed our own political party, I believe we would come to pretty close terms on what our platform would be. Yes. Although, with the ones that are available, we... The two. The two that are available that everyone sides with. Then we wind up at odds there, but... Yeah. It's a sad thing. Something to think about. Glenn Beck today said that only God can save us. We are dead. <clears throat> Have a good day. Good night. <laughs> I basically don't disagree with him. I think we're going to fail as a country. That's probably real patriotic of me. Well, no, but. I don't view that as a bad thing. Failure in my life has never been a bad thing. It's always been a learning experience and a place for growth, a reason for growth. Because if you never fail, you got no reason to change. And no one's perfect. Everyone needs to change at some point in time. It's kind of the point of life, isn't it? It's going to have to get worse before anything happens so yeah i guess we're just gonna have to let it get worse I mean, and not on purpose but it's out of my hands but to see how it unfolds we've been more blessed in this country than most other countries and i mean of course there's you know exception being the civil war but americans on both sides died we had the great depression but you could say that was kind of self-inflicted we never lost a war really yeah and that's not to offend people that have Service members who died no, 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 no. because that's happened quite a bit. It's a good thing to, to win wars, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, look at the countries that lost wars and how they rebuilt. I don't know the numbers, but yeah, we got our ass handed to us in Vietnam well, and yeah. probably a lot of other instances. We really did in Afghanistan because we just kind of lingered and, and hoped they would play nice. So well, it put some of our service <laughs> members at a disadvantage. They were sitting ducks. I'll be honest with you. No one knew why we invaded Afghanistan in response to 9-11 directly. Everyone thought that, you know, people that were for the war were like, oh, we're eliminating well, terrorists. Like, well, then, okay, after we're done with the Middle East, then we start with North Korea? Or? The war was pitched in the media. Hey, we're going to go in and kick some ass. We're not taking these planes into our buildings. And then... It was an emotional response. We stayed. We got some sort of diplomatic type it's almost like vibe it's almost like and i remember the emotions of you know the months and even the year after people they wanted some retribution so the government had to do something i'm not saying invading a country was off the table but invading afghanistan was kind of like okay what are we doing again how how is this supposed to i remember that response (laughs) quite well myself like the feel of it a lot of people came out of the woodworks and said, I'm going to go fight. I mean, they volunteered. I mean, it oh, was, yeah. hey, we're not going to sit here and just take this. Yeah, my dad is uh, was a World War II veteran, and Pearl Harbor was one of those things, I guess, you know, you know, 9-11 for back then. With, and it was just like, hey, we, we got to do something. That, which, that was a more direct threat, I think, because they knew who the exact enemy was. There's a lot of talk. People say, well, you know, I don't know if I could be in the military because I don't know what I'm fighting for. I don't know who I'm fighting for. Mm-hmm. Fighting yeah. someone else's political war. Well, that's true. But if we absolutely took one on the nose, people would step up. If, yeah. there, if there was a way to step up. 
And and I want to remind people, it's like no matter who's serving in the office of president, commander in chief, but, but you fight for the office, not the politician, so to speak. You fight for what that role represents. There you go. I thought did that, that sounded pretty eloquent. Did it? I, I don't know. It didn't to me. Ah. But when I go back and play it, it might. Yeah, I guess. Because I get lost in my own little world sometimes when we're recording. Well, it's just, a, are you serving your country or your favorite politician? Well, that's what people are afraid to do. They don't want to fight someone else's war to help someone's agenda that they don't agree with. Yeah. But if we someone was coming directly at us of, yeah. from anywhere, we would fight like hell. That's what and I that's And there you go. Thus, we would be united again. Don't get me wrong. I never want to lose a war. I never want to go through bad times like anybody. But there's room for growth there. And sometimes some people need a stern kick in the ass to do it. So, okay, as you guys may or may not know from previous episodes, screenwriting is something that's a passion of mine, something I've been wanting to do with my life for a full-time career. (laughs) Forever. Talked politics and skipped right over the Trump situation. Yeah, kudos for us. That's a point us in my book. Yeah, no one else would have the self-control to skip that (laughs) topic. It's too juicy. I have a lot to say about it, but watch this. You were saying, <laughs> as I was saying, in my little bubble of life, I always wanted to be a screenwriter. I was given this opportunity by an actor friend. Hold on, me. one more time. All right. So that you're not just talking about yourself. Let me act interested. <laughs> Todd, what's going on in your life? Do you have any new writing gigs coming up? I know you're a passionate writer. I am. I'm very passionate. Anything exciting? I think so. Long story short, a good friend of mine from high school moved out to L.A., fingers crossed, actually reached a plateau of success with a TBS show called Final Space. Unfortunately, it was canceled when Warner Brothers merged with Discovery, but, you know, you don't give up after that first taste of success. His name's Cody Galloway, otherwise known as Avocado from Final Space, the talking Ventrexian, which to you and me is a cat just to put a mental image in there. but uh, Final spaces, final episode. Yeah. They left it wide open. It was one of those cancellations that didn't have any closure, and I hate that, especially with good shows. Like a lot of Netflix shows, <laughs> to be honest with you. I figure you probably righted some... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 righted. Yeah. I, I righted some wrongs. That's where he was going with that. Precisely. <laughs> I figured you probably also wrote some endings, maybe even alternate endings for your own personal closure. (laughs) You know, everyone I think does that just because the show was so good and it was obviously heading towards an amazing fight sequence, but corporate entertainment will be corporate entertainment. Anyway, that left my friend Cody with uh, some free time and some space to be creative on his own and develop a project with this animator named Daniel. Cody from Staunton Bridge. As a matter of fact, no. He's from uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, Nashville. Somewhere in Tennessee, either Knoxville or Nashville. I'm pretty sure it's Nashville. How do you know him? Uh, high school. From I knew him. Staunton. Yeah, well, yeah, when he lived here, yes. Just to see him walking from school from my chemistry window class. It's like, yep, there's Cody. I've got some friends. <laughs> I formed from some friendships in high school from people that had to ride the bus, would beg me for rides home. I just gave in. I'd take people home like I was a secondary, much smaller You were Uber bus. before Uber. It wasn't the short bus. It was actually a truck with two extra seats. So I had pretty limited capability or capacity. In fact, it got to the point where you you didn't have to beg. 
I really resisted, resisted, resisted. <laughs> then I was like, you know, just don't, I'm going to take you home. And then we would start hanging out a little bit more. It amazed me. Eh, I shouldn't even go into it. It's just high school stuff. <laughs> it amazed me how many parents that didn't know me thought I was a bad kid or something because I drove a Mustang that was kind of a little bit rowdy. So chicks, parents didn't want them to date me and they would like forbid it. Then they would wind up dating the other guy and get pregnant or whatever. And it's just the way that went. But then on the <laughs> other flip side of that coin, parents who didn't know me would let me take their daughter like home from track practice and stuff. Wow, that's a lot of trust. I know. They'd be like, They didn't even know you, did they? My mom ain't here and all. You think you could drive me home? And then I would. Sometimes we'd take that as an open invitation. I would never hear anything back from it. That happened a lot. Huh. Well. (laughs) You know, I recommend running track, actually, for guys that don't have too much interest from females. You'll be surprised. You might get some out there. Because I became a little bit popular out there. It's It's a tight-knit group. I guess it's almost like band or something. Well, it's another clique. That's what it is. It's just like sports or any extracurricular activity. It's It forms a clique, a little group of friends that share common interest or a common activity or whatever. There's another benefit. You don't have to practice day and night. There's only so much running you can do yeah. w- when it's not long distance. Hopefully you got walking down, so running is just faster walking, and then boom, you're doing it. It's well, worth losing a knee over. I don't want to sound like a coach, <laughs> but you got to walk before you run. Who said that? Did you come up with that just now? Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> We were talking about baby boom, but now we just kind of swerved a little bit. Hold on, and I I apologize because I am really interested in your show. Okay, one last thing about track. I'm just going to keep throwing that pitch to kids. (laughs) It'll help you in your other sports. You'll go back to play basketball, and all of a sudden you've got more wind than like anyone else that was playing. There's some benefits other than just social benefits and maybe just the accomplishments that you might get from track. Now, I got like one of those letters or something where you score enough points for your high school so they give you a <laughs> score for your jacket that you don't have anymore. Letterman jacket. Oh, the wow. Letter. That's bringing back some memories. They gave me the letter because I scored enough points at track and I was not a superstar. I just somehow eked it, squeaked it out to where <laughs> I barely got to that threshold. They didn't give out letters for drama. You get out of school and you either drive to track or take the bus over there. And that's why I would wind up taking people home is from track is they rode the bus over. And then once we were done, their parents weren't there. And this was before cell phones were really prevalent. One or two people would have one, but the rest wouldn't, which amazes me. And their parents didn't know where they were. Yeah. And keep in mind, when he says cell phones, kids... Anybody under you know under the age of twenty is watching. Imagine a cell phone that is literally just a phone. No games, no internet, no, no way to look up anybody's contact information online. Nothing. Just a literal phone. Cell phones existed before they had the capability to text. Believe it or not, but the big bricks. But before everybody had a cell phone, you could get a two-way pager, which basically allowed you to text message. The only problem was. You could only message other people that had a two-way pager, and nobody had one. And I know about it because a few of my friends actually had them, which was the craziest thing. It usually meant but, they dealt drugs. <laughs> it, no, it, it's it, good it, for dealing drugs. I'm not saying they dealt drugs, but if they did, it'd be very useful. It usually did mean that, but these guys didn't. They just thought it was cool because it was a way to like message someone. It Why? looks like they're dealing drugs. No, <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. We're not talking about but, drugs. No. No. We're just typing boobies in upside down. 
<laughs> so anyway, you could send text messages back in the day at some point. And when I say back in the day, like 1998, <laughs> yeah. you could have had a two-way pager and as long as you knew someone else that did. But you couldn't make a call on those. That's right. You, you had to find a phone at that point. That's when they had pay phones, which are now ancient relics. Like the only thing I've seen of a payphone now is the box, empty box where a payphone used to be. <laughs> so you get out of school, you go to track practice, you run for an hour and a half, and you are out of there. At football practice, you're there late. Sometimes it's 10 o'clock at night, 10.30. Coach thinks you need to just run a few that, extra That is laps ridiculous, takes- by the way. Yeah. Because, like, seriously, they expect you to be up for math class first period at 8.15, right, ready to learn after what? You probably don't get to bed till after midnight. So this is a different type of commitment that's actually pretty fun. It's niche. Not everybody in the school is going to have their eyes on it. So many people don't care. Football will get you a little more popularity, but will it? Because when you're running track, there's a pretty even split between the guys and the gals. So within that, you're building probably a closer relationship with with that group like i say I was maybe ne- i should have ran track i was you're selling me on it i was never in band but i assume the same type of stuff happens there where nobody outside a band is really looking at it but it's a big enough cool enough fun enough group that when you're actually in there it's not a bad thing ham water needs to get on the show we need to get hammy's ass on the show because he could, he could weigh in oh yeah yeah but he uh, he could weigh in on the band thing especially band camp and the the relationships that form from that he probably has a few entertaining stories coming soon ham water and that's all i'm gonna tell you yeah i'm gonna hit stop (laughs) but when i come back we're gonna start fresh about baby boom yeah gotcha gotcha i'm back from my restroom break but in the spirit of abram i would like to call it a smoke break (laughs) may he rest in peace and we apologize for making you sound as if you're dead abram why did we make him sound as if he's dead? The, the memory of. It's kind of oh, like. Oh, did you, I say the memory of? In, in, in the memory? memory? Did you say. I probably said in the spirit of. Oh, in the spirit of. Okay, yeah. That makes him sound like he's got vitality. I don't know. I still think dead when I hear that. Really? I mean, like in the spirit of Christ. Well, I guess he rose from the dead, so that doesn't really count. Happy Easter, everybody! <laughs> 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 I went to a like Easter egg hunt or something yesterday. You're kidding. I missed the part where they were actually hunting eggs, but yeah. I went to church. Carrie wanted me to go. She acted like she signed me up. What do you mean? For a, for free food or whatever. Oh, okay. And then they do a lot of things where you wind up having to, I don't know if you have to pay per plate or whatever but this wasn't one of those this was a free-for-all for real that's awesome those are the best especially if she's southern baptist anything southern in the in the religion they eat way too much i went to a church with butch gibson he was singing they had invited him to sing he really brought the house down he did great and we didn't realize they were having their like potluck that day so they made us stay we were just a little bit reluctant we not saying anything against those old ladies that cook, but we were a little worried that maybe we would get food poisoning or something. I don't know what we were worried about. <laughs> but Does this taste right to you? It oh, was no, I saw a, that guy eat it. <laughs> it was a church in the middle of nowhere. It was a little bit of a cultural immersion type thing, and we weren't quite sure, but we stayed, and the food was great. We had a lot of it. It wound up being that good. Yeah. So they had everything you could have wanted. <laughs> good food, just like a little hole-in-the-wall restaurant. The, more, yeah, the smaller the I better. Say. Yeah. You found a real good restaurant that only has like two booths and a high chair. 
That's it. I've been to some bad restaurants. I'm sure we all have. Especially after COVID. Can we agree with that? They closed after COVID because they kind of changed the way they did things, and that was a mistake. The labor shortage, and really, let's be honest here, it's not so much a labor shortage, it's people not willing to work in hospitality. There's a difference. I'm one of those people that worked in hospitality for a decade and a half. When I saw the opportunity of a lot of jobs opening up outside of that field, I went for it. Because pay got better, benefits got better, and hours got better. Imagine that. Yeah. Food service sucks. And you can't bitch about people not wanting to work in food service until you've worked in food service. Trust me, a decade and a half, that's a long career in food service. I've had my fill. Thank you. Thanks for your service. And happy Easter, one and all. Let's hit a stop on that. That was a little mixed bag. So that was a (laughs) chick that was kind of coming after me. A young lady. I would have referred her to my brother, but he doesn't date girls like this who are dumb, stupid, hella thick in a good way. But he doesn't see it as good. That's that's very descriptive. I have a perfect mental image. Yes. Anyway, (laughs) I'm not really into the matchmaking thing, but I thought "Mm, she would be a good one for the right guy. And I had someone in mind sent the referral and she's... Can you give us a little description of her? Nothing nothing too specific, but like what's important to her? What's part of her lifestyle? Well, that was the thing. Super Christian, does not have kids, wants some and just... That's very rare, by the way, at her age. It is. Here's the irony, and I'm going to say this for people that don't know, whatever age they're at. Around here, the single women that don't have kids are the atheists, the liberals, the... The lesbians? Lesbians, whatever. (laughs) I've met a lot of lesbians, zero kids. Those are the ones without kids. The single moms with three, four kids, kids will always come first, but I love Jesus, and that's the most important thing to me in my life and will always be my number one, and I've got four (laughs) kids from four different dads. Man, that's I'm clicking the like on that already. Heck yeah! Right up Sign here me up. The old noggin, yeah, yeah. Sign me up because that person has something going on right there. And by that's, the way, as, as someone who 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 is a uh, conscientious objector to the whole religion faith thing, someone who believes in God or an afterlife is not a deal breaker for me. Yet I've experienced on the when the shoes on the other foot. Man, people of faith will write you off when they realize you don't have any. Okay. That's the bluntest way I can put it. Like Fair enough. I piss everybody off. It doesn't matter what their political or religious stance is. When I open up, they just get triggered. And for around here, let's be honest, if you're not conservative, you're not, you're not much of anything around here. So you've got a show coming up, Todd, that you're a part of. You're a writer. It's your dream. It's your passion. It's your craft. You're so good at it. <laughs> I, My biggest so, fan right here. <laughs> so go ahead and tell I got, us about it. We're coming to you with a clear concept, an idea that we're very confident about would be successful. It's a full idea. It's entertaining. It's new. It's fresh. The animation gives it a particular look that I can't really place from any other animated comedy series. And it's called Baby Boom. Or so the story goes. Yeah. (laughs) I'm all over the place tonight, and I don't know why. Sorry, but (laughs) someone sent me a dirty referral today. They sent me a vehicle referral that needed some work. The guy was so untruthful saying, yeah, it's been rattling a little bit. Every once in a while, the low oil pressure light kicks on. I think it needs an oil pump. 
So um, potentially, or you know, the gasket to the oil pickup tube or a clogged oil pickup tube. But I was wondering where you're going with a dirty referral. I've never heard that phrase before. This is what it is. He basically said it's using a little bit of oil. Been giving <laughs> me trouble for a while. I'd like to bring it over. Okay, bring it on over. Here's my address. He says, okay, I'll, I'll call the tow company, have them towed over there. The fuck? Because it left me by the side of the road. I'm like, you know, we didn't discuss that the whole time, and now I'm probably going to need an engine. This is a t- totally different conversation. Yeah. Probably need a... So is he going to fork over the $3,500, $4,000? Probably $6,000. Well, that's where the dirty referral is. I don't want that vehicle sitting at my place. Yeah, well... I, I don't gonna... do that where you have... 50 cars outside. Some of them might get worked on eventually. Some there's don't. Only, I can attest you, that there's only two, three cars outside. Two are actually used and one's kind of for sale. I don't do it. So I got to talk to him again and tell him, mm, let's not. You're not under the impression it's a tow truck situation, but it's obviously a tow truck situation. You're thinking it's a working car with some minor problems. I do not mind replacing an engine. I would love that job, but... It's got to be someone that's willing to do it. And the reason I think he's probably not is the vehicle. What is it? 2006 Hyundai? (laughs) Just 2001 F-150 with 250 some odd. Oh, okay. We're buried. Bury it. Bury that. And I won't work. I want new customers and I will take care of the vehicle. But be truthful too, though. When you finally talk to the mechanic or a service writer or something, tell them what's going on. No need to be bashful. Well, it's just like going to the doctor. Start off by saying, car left me by the side of the road. You know, you have a good starting point. I, I, yeah. (laughs) I don't. Fell and broke your hip, though. Would you go into a big spiel about how... I've had a few dizzy spells lately. Nothing big. I'd like to come in and talk to you about it. Yeah, is it okay? All right, well, I'll get the, the, I'll call the ambulance to get the gurney so I can be wheeled in. That's basically what, (laughs) that's basically how the guy played you. (laughs) Like you wouldn't notice. (laughs) Wait a minute. That's not a resolved situation. It's like, almost like a court case that's still under investigation. So I probably can't publish it, but then again, I just might. You were saying your show. And I love everything about this show from what you've said so far. I know. Take five. From what you've said so far. I'm hooked. I think others are too. Oh, my God. Well, I hope so because that's basically what's going to make the pitch go through. If people enough people are interested in the idea, that's going to be a blip on someone's radar. As a teenager, Todd wanted to be a movie critic, or that's what he said anyway. I, I am a movie critic. By nature. I just don't get paid for it. He wanted to be a paid movie critic. And then at some point that just morphed into writing. So what was that transition? When did that happen? I went from, uh, I originally wanted to direct features until I got involved with what a director actually does. And and to be honest with you, the director is kind of the creative middleman. The movie gets made first from the writer inside their his mind or minds or their minds rather. Then it's made again visually through a director. And then it comes all together in the editing suite, which very few directors get final cut. That's a coveted thing to have where it gets edited the way you want it to get edited. No, a lot of directors don't even have say-so in that. So like I said, they're kind of the creative middleman. I didn't like that, and I didn't want to be an editor. I think you kind of get me where I'm coming from with that. If a movie says, quote, director's cut, is that? That's when a director made his cut. That's when a director edited. In other words, got the final cut. But it very rarely makes theaters. 
Yeah, that's a good question, actually. A lot of people don't realize that. They're just thinking it's a marketing slogan. It's not. It's actually different. A director edits his own work, kind of like a little passion project. Baby boom. Think of Rugrats meets Mad Max. Oh, look who it is, everybody. It's Abram. Hey. Hey, buddy. How you doing, brother? Uh, pretty good. I'm. We're sitting here recording a little bit. What's I up, Abram? You talking about that tack-out test you want to do with the Chevy or something? know how fast i'm gonna record you but i thought you said you needed two vehicles i got you oh no i don't need a vehicle i just wanted to uh do it on paper again well if you want to say on the podcast you're doing that avery mcgee is gonna show up again let me know when you're ready because i got i got a whole bunch of new material have a good night brother all right later later that's the shortest conversation i've ever heard from that man if todd gets incredibly rich the Colony Movie Theater in Easley will be purchased by him and totally <laughs> redone, redone in a way cooler fashion than it even used to be as a passion project. Honestly, yeah, that would be something I would look about doing, although I don't see that church unless I worked out a deal where I helped finance their new location or something. You'd have to be even richer than I I'm, I'm telling you, man, these churches, dude, once they set up shop, it's hard. Like, when they know the ball's in their court, yeah, Christianity now becomes a business. Like, well, it's a pretty good building here. God blessed it pretty profitably. I got to take another restroom break. And in the spirit of A.B. McGee, a smoke break. <laughs> Todd, I am going to sit back and let you let you have the mic. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Sitting back. A good high school friend of mine, Cody Galloway, moved out to Hollywood with Hollywood Dreams, and he's achieved most of them, but it's an awesome show. The comedy is on point. Unfortunately, Warner Brothers wrote it off as a tax write-off, and after three seasons, and I forget, about 30-something episodes, they got canceled, unfortunately. But that freed up Cody's time to be a little bit more creative, and with the help of an animator named Daniel, they came up with a concept of what if Rugrats met Mad Max. Think about that for a second. Cartoons with the stupid humor, crazy concept, something that's over the top, crazy exaggerated, and that's what Baby Boom is. Uh, the official Baby Boom trailer dropping this Monday, uh, April 10th. Check it out. He, he and Daniel came to me, hired me to, to write episodes for us. So we got 10 episodes written, a linear story, great story, funny stuff. I kind of feel like Donald Trump here, the way I'm describing it and moving my hands, but it's terrific. Fantastic. Check it out. We're bringing adult situations to a childlike uh, perception in a post-apocalyptic world. Isn't there some of that on Family Guy? Uh, Family Guy's kind of all over the place. Their comedy is not story-driven. Ours is. Okay. They'll go to a cutscene that has nothing to do with the story. And it works for them. I'm not knocking them. It's just what they do. We do something different. But yeah, Cody Galloway. Great guy, great actor, great producer. And I appreciate the opportunity he gave me to work on this project. Maybe you should go to the Hollywood Dream Festival or whatever it is. I should, man. If for nothing else, it would be amazing for me. Like, I would just be like a, a giddy fanboy at that kind of place. Can I have your house if you go? No. Doesn't hurt to ask. <laughs> and cut. Yeah. April 10th. Monday, okay. April 10th. Y'all are probably going to push that pretty hard when it comes out. Most definitely. Our goal is to get as many eyes on it that first day as possible. Overall, it's just a joy to write. And I, I know this because 
it was so much fun creating it. It'll be a pleasure to watch. You're going to enjoy it if you like the Adult Swim cartoons that you, that are on today. This is just another one in the bunch that, in my opinion, kind of outshines the majority of the rest. Baby Boom, coming at ya! <laughs> <laughs> See, I almost invited some guests today, but I just didn't. We see, we gotta get hand water. I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. We gotta get hand water in this studio. <laughs> I don't think he's coming. Oh, he will. I can't tell you when, but I promise you, I will get him here before the year's end. Quote me on that. Quote me on that, YouTube. A promise is a promise. It is a promise. I will get him on here. Hammy, you watching this? You're gonna be here. Coming for you. We're coming for you. Oh, I know. But where more you specifically, live. Todd, unless he can get me on board. Oh no. Well, I can. We'll both go to his house. We'll drag him out. We'll bring the little camera and some little portable microphone. We'll do it from his house. <laughs> you know, that would be very interesting. The Robin video Todd of, on location. The video of us dragging him out of his house? No, just to... Just but you said you will get him in this studio. That is true. Although, thinking but about if we, we broadcasted from his house, that would be It could be a warm-up at his house. It would be an interesting does, take. Does he still do You Now and stuff like that? I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. Because he had a little following there for a while. Yeah, well, it just it blows my mind, the concept of you now. It's just people doing people stuff and people watching it. I don't understand why people would be so influenced to watch it, but they do. And he might have swapped to Twitch. I think he was doing both, man. We make it sound like a drug. <laughs> Tyler's on Twitch and you now. Oh, God. Mm. Poor guy. I hardly recognize him anymore. <laughs> you get on the Twitch... Kids, you ruin your life. <laughs> There's no middle ground. There's no coming back. Yeah. <laughs> it's the heroin of uh, social media. And we're going to show you what it does to you. <laughs> <laughs> Old hammy. Documentary. <laughs> but I will get ham water in the studio. To reiterate it, he will be on the show at least once before the year's end. Watch it be that the New Year's show, though. Watch it be December 31st before I get him in here. Twitch what it does to the community i heard someone use the term falling down the twitch hole i I thought that was clever but i didn't understand it now i do at this point in my life i've seen what the twitch hole is and now i I know that's i know what a twitch hole is now (laughs) how old were you when you first went down the twitch hole? oh my god it seems ages ago but you never quite forget your first time (laughs) there were a lot of people there (laughs) It made it uh, more of a, a community thing. <laughs> I just remember there were so many people. I was not one of those people. I wouldn't know if you were or not. There were a lot. You could have been in the back by the exit. Have you gone down the Twitch hole since then? No. No, I have not. But I know many so, who have. Just the one time. I got a feel for what it's all about. And I'm like, all right, this is it. Time to climb out. You might have to go down the Twitch hole to get your new TV show popularized. Twitter. Believe it or not, Twitter is a great marketing tool because it's quick and people, you know, it's all about scrolling, reacting, scrolling, reacting. It's like the bare bones of what social media actually is. And that it, that's what makes it a winning concept to so many people. Of course, Elon Musk has his own little rules and stuff now that he seems to be pissing off people on both sides of the social spectrum there. We'll see what it becomes. I it's still in its infancy under his watch. You know, Facebook was a main hub for a lot of people, especially in our generation. It still is, but Facebook's losing a lot of market share. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At one time, they thought they were untouchable, and they were going to start to charge for use. That fell off the table, because now they're just hanging on for dear life. It's because of the uh, aging population that made it popular. The young kids, 
they're not into Facebook. They TikTok, have TikTok. TikTok is rising. It, it seems like every generation has their social media trend that has a natural rise and fall. And I think we're in the apex of Twitter. And I think if YouTube it, has anything to do with it, they're getting in on that shorts game. They want to yank it back from TikTok. And yeah. They, and they may. They got a big enough backing and team and whatever TikTok's you need. TikTok's pretty solid, though. TikTok is pretty solid, especially among the foodies. A lot of cooking. I think it's pretty popular among the doesn't really matter. It doesn't have to be foodies. The people our generation, it seems like we, we want to exchange information. Kids are the ones who want to do the, all the dancing and shit. I get burnt out on TikTok pretty quick. You know what? I've only stuck my toe in it, and it's like, okay, this is it. Eh, I'm good. Were a lot of people watching when you did? Say so what? When you stuck your toe in. Oh. Did a lot of people watch that as well? Not as many as Twitch. I'm intrigued by it, but, but I've never lives. seen twitch at all or gone on it at all i just vaguely know what it is did you stick your finger in before your toe or now why would i do that straight for the toe straight for the toe you want to go toe first i need my fingers more than i need my toes had you shaved your toe hair or anything no i'm all natural groomed but not shaved probably you know it was combed Just to put it all in perspective, TikTok's popular, Twitter's popular, Facebook's dying, generations taking adopting their own social media, natural rise and fall. 20 years from now, TikTok's going to be looked at what Facebook's looked at now. A lot of the media attention with Meta or Facebook is that Zuckerberg is so distracted by the metaverse that that's what's taking it under. But I kind of align more with you. It's just that people are going elsewhere because... They want something different. Let me put it this way. The most uncool thing a teenager can do... Is go where their parents are. Yeah, exactly. Whatever you and me are doing, we don't know what the hell's entertaining. We don't... Oh, that's old. They look at Facebook the same way they look at a VCR. It's got to be true. Betty, Eddie, Freddy, Hetty, Reddy, Petty, Steady, Sweaty, Teddy. I'm glad I got the memo today to wear blue. (laughs) Had the secretary tell the email guy to send that out. Whoa, 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 okay. What? Blooper, drooper, pooper, scooper, snooper, stooper, super trooper, party pooper. Cooper. The Forbes list of words that rhyme. (laughs) This is what we do when the camera's off, in case you're wondering. How does Moses make tea? Hmm, good question. How? He brews. Yes, they do, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) Robert. Yeah. Why do walruses like Tupperware so much? I don't know why walruses like Tupperware so much. They're always looking for a tight seal. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. You can laugh at that. Dirty jokes, Todd. Mm. What you got? Uh, That was it, basically. I kind of shot my wad on that. (laughs) Hey, tight seal. Get it? Seals probably have a massive wad. I got no firm reference. I never was big in the National Geographic if that's the type of issues they covered. And when I say massive, I do mean voluminous. <laughs> you make it sound like it's a tidal wave. Well, I have like vocabulary. I just don't always. You're like a shotgun to a uterus. That's really what we're trying to say. Okay, now I get it. Tupperware. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Plastic container. That's right. Gotta hear that suction. (laughs) Okay, brace yourself. Oh, boy. Why don't calculus majors throw house parties? Why don't calculus majors throw house parties, Robert? Because you should never drink and derive. 
I'm holding a lot back on that one. I'm holding a lot back. I just don't want to lose it in camera. Composure. Composure. Showmanship here. Letting the audience react, and I'm just here nodding along. That's why I like the Wallace run, because it starts off like a, a, a dad joke. Oh, and, in, and in a sense, it is. A turns pun. into a mom and dad joke. Yeah, yeah. It turns, yeah. And through the same mechanics, a pun, you know? But you don't expect it. You expect it to be squeaky clean, because, hey, it's a dad joke. Tight seal! <laughs> <laughs> yeah! <laughs> That's all I got. Oh. I didn't know we were doing more than one. Aquanautics. <laughs> What's it called? Aqu- um. Fuck a what where are we going with this? What type of subject is it? Um Aquanautics? That's stupid. No, it'd be zoology, wouldn't it? Maybe I don't have a good vocabulary. I don't know, man. The study of seals and walruses of of the experience of going to Taco Bell has changed drastically. Where it's kinda of joined it's kinda of joined like fast food hell. Like going to Taco Bell is hit or miss. I mean I'm serious, dude. You let potatoes you hold potatoes too long under heat, they turn into like little rocks. You get <laughs> try and eat that in like a beef and potato burrito. Good luck. <laughs>